Hi, I'm Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. They say your network is your net worth, and this season we'll be meeting highly successful entrepreneurs and learning their networking secrets so that you can learn to do what they have done to build your own high worth network. It's not about taking, it's about giving first, collaboration, creating value. To be the best, hang out with the best. And now, let's meet one of those amazing people I know. Hello, and welcome once again to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy, and our guest I'm very excited to have on today is Rob Goyette. Many of you have probably heard the name. He has been serving coaches and leaders in the coaching industry since 2007, and he is best known for his fast revenue laser coaching model, which shows coaches how to quickly add coaching revenue into their bank accounts in as little as four days. Rob lives with his wife and two sons in Puerto Rico. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. Awesome. Um, so, you know, when I asked you ahead of time what uh, how networking has benefited your life, you have quite a list of things, including JV partners and all the usual business stuff, and also meeting your wife through networking. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was speaking at an internet marketing conference in Chicago. Uh, she's from Germany, but she had flown to Chicago for this for this event, and uh, we connected there. No real sparks were flying romantically, but we got along really well. And then the more we got to know each other, we realized uh, logically we'd be a great couple. And so then the emotion. Nice. Well, that sounds like a, a great joint venture. Followed after that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds like a great <laughs> right. joint venture. Yeah. But I mean, it really, it, it's, it's who you know. Like I, I was a speaker at this event because I knew someone who knew the guy running it. Uh, my wife came to the event because she knew someone and trusted someone who promoted going to the event. So, yeah, I mean, connections are so important. Fantastic. And so we we're also talking before we started about, uh, you know, how you've used joint ventures and how you've you've built your business using joint ventures and networks. So share a little bit about some of the things that uh, that have worked well for you. Yeah. So um, real quick, my history is uh, back in 2007, um, I joined Christian Michelson's team and a lot of coaches will know who that is. He's a pretty big name in the industry. He and I were actually friends before he made it big. So, you know, it was a great connection. He and I, yeah, we, we were able to uh, collaborate on a lot of things. And uh, when things started going well for him, he, he, he told me about his business and I asked, could I join your team? And so I was actually on Christian Michelson's team for seven years. And during those seven years, I was oftentimes his JV manager and really got to know a lot of his partners and build relationships with them. So in 2014, when I went out on my own, yeah, I felt really fortunate to already have a lot of great joint venture contacts, but I sure learned a lot during those seven years on his team about really working well with joint venture partners, and uh, and I used those same skills to build my own business. Nice. Um, and so for someone who's who's getting into that space, uh, wh yeah. what are some of the tips you'd have to you know get started with joint ventures and how to uh, get the best results and you know not embarrass yourself? Sure. So. I mean, one question a lot of people have, a lot of coaches have, is uh, is I don't even know who my best joint venture partners would be. Who are they? Where are they? And so one strategy I've come up with, which is uh, I'm pretty excited about, um, and, and it requires just the tiniest bit of technical knowledge. I hope that doesn't cause people to, uh, to tune out, but uh, not, not a lot. Um, but if you, uh, if you create a new profile on your computer, just like you might let a family member log into your computer, but, but mm -hmm. create a new profile, create that profile as your ideal client. So if my ideal client is Michael Whitehouse, I might create a profile on my computer called Michael Whitehouse. Then log into that computer, 
and create an email address. If you feel okay doing it, create a Facebook account, create a LinkedIn account, actually create this ideal customer, and then go online and start looking for help. Do mm. Google searches, subscribe to podcasts, join Facebook groups, and notice the kinds of offers that come across your, your email or your newsfeed or, or recommended podcasts and consume those. And anytime someone's offering something free, get on their email list. And anytime those people are promoting someone, get on those email lists. And what you'll notice is the people whose email lists you're getting on, the, they have figured out how to get in front of your ideal customer. Oh. And so pay real close attention to who those people are and keep paying attention to who they promote um, but you're doing all this on a separate profile on your computer, so it doesn't muddy up your real life, your real business. And so that that can be a really effective way to figure out who knows how to get in front of your ideal audience so that you can partner with them to do that. Does that make sense? That is brilliant. Mm, I thank love you. that. Yeah. So so basically, you're leveraging these these very expensive advanced algorithms to do your work for you. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what Facebook and Google and TikTok and all of them are doing that to so you just pretend to be that person and then let them target you and and yep. then whoever's targeting you is the people who know how to target that audience and then you partner with them yeah and if they have an email list you know you're subscribing getting on their email list um at the very least what they might be able to do is send out a few emails for you uh to mm -hmm. that list and get you in front of their of your ideal audience okay um which then brings the next thing so you've, you've identified this person that they're, they're effectively targeting your audience how do you get them to send out those emails for you to uh, to their list? Yeah, so um, there are two directions we could go with this. Let me answer your question directly, and then I'll give sort of, well, yeah, I'll give another idea. So um, to answer your question directly, a lot of people think, well, I have to have a big email list to get someone with a big email list to promote me, and that's mm -hmm. absolutely not true. It helps, and if you have a big email list, it's super easy to do that. Hey, Michael, you know, I'll email my list of 22,000 coaches if you email your list of 22,000 <laughs> coaches. And, and so, yeah, so I mean, that, that's often an easy joint venture to get into, but we all start out with a list of zero. Mm -hmm. And I grew my business very quickly through joint ventures. Uh, maybe I had a little bit of an edge because I had some contacts in the industry, but some of the joint ventures I did weren't related to that. And so, if you can figure out what is most important to a joint venture partner and give that to them, it might not be a reciprocal mailing. So for instance, there was a guy that, uh, that I, I, I met and he had a list of 10,000 coaches among others. And this was when my list was maybe 300, like very small relative list. He had 10,000, I had 300. But he and I were talking about something kind of unrelated. We were talking about Google AdWords and that was a skill set I had. And I said, well, you know, I could give you, I think it was four hours of Google AdWords consulting. And instead of paying me some high dollar figure, you could send out an email or two to your list. And that was so easy for him to say yes to mm. because that's easier than cash. So, I mean, that's one way. Another way can be out of, out, out of friendship. If you network with joint venture partners, if they like you, if you've built a good relationship with, with them, they'll often do it out of friendship, I've found. But another way is you can throw cash at them. And that might not be your first thing to do, but I threw $3,000 at Mark Mahwini, who owns a huge Facebook group called mm -hmm. The Coaching Jungle. And Mark, you know, he didn't require any reciprocal mailing, but with that $3,000, he then interviewed me on his podcast, shared me in his Facebook group, and 
right afterward or during the promotion, we made $7,000. So okay. it was instantly profitable. So, you know, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't use that as a first strategy, but if you know how well your marketing is working and know the size of the audience and how congruent they are, if mm. someone has the same audience as you, that's the best. If their audience is a little different, um, yeah, it, your results may be a lot different. So finding someone with an ideal congruent audience is really important, but Mark had that audience. And so I offered him money, but you could go to the owner of a LinkedIn group and you could say, you know, instead of just throwing money at them, say, you know, dear owner of this LinkedIn group, it looks like you put together quite an impressive collection of, of this particular niche, whatever your niche is. And I'd love for you to share my webinar with them or my free report or interview me for them. What would make it irresistible for you to say yes to my, to my request? And you can ask them what they want. Mm. Um, one time, uh, a partner of mine, she asked me, Rob, what would it take for you to promote me? And I, I said, well, the thing that's most important to me right now is finding an internship for my older son. And uh, I said, like, you know, I don't know if you don't have to pay him, but I'm looking for him to get some experience. And if you'd consider that, I will bend over backwards to promote you. And she did. She hired him for a year. She didn't have to pay him anything. But that's what I wanted for him was to get that experience. And so, and now I still bend over backwards for her anytime she needs something because she's the one who did something way more important to me than you know than than um, than their reciprocal mailings or whatever. And by the way, she's one of my number one JV partners. She she's she's uh, very successful and got a big list and all that. But when she wanted me to promote her, what she asked, she said, "What would make this irresistible?" So, if we really connect with our partners, we can ask them. I could say, Michael, you know, what I'd really like for, for you to do is have me on your podcast, but I want to make it an easy yes for you. What what would make it irresistible? And you might say, mm -hmm. well, Rob, you need to show up and bring good content, but I also want you to tell your list about it. And I want you to do this and whatever mm -hmm. it is. So, you know, if if we ask people, what would it take? Um, they'll tell us. No, that, yeah. And the, there's a few great things you said there. One is, one is the idea of figure out what's valuable for them. Um, and ask them because people, mm -hmm. or, you know, people want what they, they want what they want as a tautology, but um and so the best way to get what you want is to say it. But but yeah, it, it's awkward if you're like, hey, would you promote me? They're probably not going to come out and be like, actually, yeah, could you give my son an internship? Right. But, it, but if they say, what would it take? Yeah, what would you like? And not the car salesman like, what would it take to make this deal happen today? But yeah, yeah. what what would make this easy for you? What what would you really like in exchange for it? It's powerful. And then also about the 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 right fit because I think one thing yeah. I see with a lot yeah. of a lot of newbie people in the JV space is they're trying to just exchange, but they're not necessarily good fit. And something I'm seeing, we we're talking about this beforehand that, um, that I'm, I'm promoting a, a launch that you're promoting and my little 1200 person email list is up into ninth or eight, eighth or ninth place because it's such a close, um, you know, such a close alignment because yeah. I do networking and she does, uh, and she does networking for referrals to make money. So I'm yeah. more networking to grow your connection. She's more networking to grow your bank account. Um, so very aligned audiences. If you want one, you probably want the other. Yes. And I, th I assume that's why I'm getting that kind of engagement because it's a really good market fit. And my, it, it's honestly a course I was thinking of making myself. And she said, why would you make that? I've already got one. Promote mine. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that makes sense. Let's promote your proven one. So when you have that kind of partner, um, even if you have a thousand person, 1200 person list, you can... You can run with the big dogs um, because you've got that market fit. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, what causes anyone to say yes to us, whether it's a JV partner or someone hiring us, 
is the combination of trust and an irresistible offer. Mm -hmm. They need to trust us as a person, meaning we're honest, and they need to trust us as the expert who can get them the results that they want. So the JV partner needs to trust you. You can actually get them what they want. You can get mm -hmm. them an internship for for their son, or you can get them X number of leads or sales. But um, and with clients, you can get them the results they're hiring you for. So if trust exists on those two levels in you as a person and you as an expert, then the irresistible offer also has two components. One is that people need to understand the offer. This is a part I've missed for years, but they need <laughs> to understand the inputs and outputs. What's the time, energy and money they're going to put into our offer and what's the very likely outcome they're going to get. So that guy that you know promoted me for the four hours of Google AdWords consulting, he understood what's the time, energy, and money he's going to put into this. Not much. He's just going to mail his list for me. And so I made that irresistible to him. And then the outcome was getting up and running on Google AdWords. So, so yeah, so there's that part of the irresistible offer, understanding the inputs and outputs. The other part is that it needs to be a no-brainer in terms of value versus the cost or the ask. And so like that, that partner that I promoted, the value of giving my son an internship is, is bigger than I could measure. It was so important mm -hmm. to me. And uh, the relative cost was mailing my list a few times. I, I, owe, I feel like I still owe her. So mm -hmm. if, if we can have a large contrast between the value versus what we're asking people to, to spend or do for us, um, when, when those two things are in place, the trust and the irresistible offer, people will say yes. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I've definitely seen a lot of programs where I'll, I'll watch the I'll watch their their ask their pitch their offer however you want to call it, uh, mm -hmm. and and by the end I'm like okay I know what it costs and I know what it delivers but I don't know what it actually I know how much money it takes but I don't know what it costs. Exactly. Um, so, What's the time, energy, and money I'm putting yeah. into this thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely had programs I've said no to because I'm like okay I can afford it financially but mm -hmm. is this one hour a week? Is it five hours a week? Is it twenty hours a week? I can't tell what's in the box. It's right. a black box, this black box solution. That yeah. You can't really tell what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's part of the irresistible offer. And this is how I troubleshoot all my marketing and how I create effective campaigns is I say, how can I maximize trust in those two areas? Mm. And how can I make my offer irresistible in those two areas that they understand it and that it's a no brainer value versus cost. Fascinating. And, and speaking of what you do, uh, I do want to talk briefly about the, the, the fast revenue, fast revenue laser coaching concept. Sure. Um, you know, for those not familiar with it, and I'm partly familiar with it. I bet I'm not as familiar with it as I think. Um, so tell us a little about what what laser coaching is and what makes it unique from all other things. Yeah. So it, it came out of that question of what what could I come up with that would have trust and an irresistible offer. But essentially, I was trying to figure out how to get more clients. I was charging, I think, two thousand a month at the time for my coaching. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, occasionally people would hire me, but not a lot of people were hiring me. And I just thought, you know, what would make it even more irresistible? And I thought, well, what if they could get unlimited coaching with me, not just a couple hours a week or whatever it was, uh, but what if it was unlimited? And then I thought, well, I mean, that's great to give for them, but I don't know if I can do that. Uh, but maybe instead of an hour or two on the phone, what if it was 15 minutes? Because I had noticed that a lot of these conversations, we would kind of run out of things to talk about. They they would hire me for maybe two hours a week for X number of months. Mm -hmm. um, we'd have our call and we'd really, the, the meat of the call would happen in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so 
So, you know, there's a lot of how you doing, what else should we talk about, that kind of thing. So, so I thought, well, what about unlimited 15 calls? If, if my audience can actually believe that we can get this done in 15 minutes, mm. uh, and I, I need to explain that to them in the offer, but if they really believe that and I gave them unlimited 15 calls or unlimited 15 minute calls, what would that look like? And then I thought, well, it looked like my calendar would probably be really full with a lot of little calls. And so, um, so I came up with a homework rule thinking, okay, well, this would be one way to sort of regulate it is people after their call, they need to do some homework that we agree on before they schedule their next call. And what surprised me, um, I, I enrolled over 50 one-on-one -on -one clients who paid for a year in advance for this unlimited coaching. But what surprised me is the average client had somewhere between seven and eight calls. Some had 20, some had one, but on average, it was seven to eight calls. And I thought that was really interesting. And then I started doing the math because I was selling it for $997 for a year. And I was working out to earning about $500 an hour for my time. And I thought, that's not bad. And so... Then I also later discovered that these laser coaching clients, once we built enough trust with our coaching together, they were open to higher end offers. At the time I was selling these VIP weekends. Mm -hmm. And what made it even more irresistible is I said, hey, Michael, why don't we take the 997 you've spent with me on the laser coaching and apply it to this $10,000 VIP weekend? That way it's like you got the laser coaching for free. And because that helped them save face that uh, they weren't using the laser coaching as much as they thought, kind of mm -hmm. like joining a gym in January and not working out in October. Um, so, so yeah, so it turned out to be in a very, a very effective way to build trust with clients and give them a, an entry point to start working with you, build that trust, and then upsell them into a higher end offer. Interesting. And, yeah. And, and I think one of, the, one of the powerful things I hear there too, is the, the accountability that uh, yeah. I I, I did a, a low cost group coaching program, which I've since folded into my uh, entrepreneur mentor community, and and it's it was low cost because it was basically come and pick my brain. It, it wasn't coaching so much as just you need answers, you need introductions, you need you know who yeah. should I hire for this or how do I get on TikTok? Or, you know just these little questions. But I very clearly said like for for the, the originally twenty five dollars a month, like for twenty five dollars a month, you don't get accountability, you get answers. Accountability yeah. costs a lot more. But that's what you're providing with the laser coaching is homework creates accountability. So yeah, in a way and in a way not. So what's what's interesting is um, I know now ahead of time that the average client will have only seven or eight calls. I'm not kicking their butt to have more calls. So mm -hmm. in some ways, the accountability is on them to do their homework and yep. to schedule their next call. But in some ways, the accountability, I'm helping them by giving them homework and, right. and encouraging them to do it. So it's weird, but um, but some some coaches say, I don't think I like this model. If I already know ahead of time that, that people are only going to have seven or eight calls, I feel guilty, like I'm taking advantage of them. And what I share with them is what you can do is say that the reason that the price is so low for this unlimited program is I know most people will only have seven or eight calls. The accountability is on you to do your homework and show up. And if you want to have 52 calls with me or 100 calls with me, as long as you do your homework before you schedule your next call, you truly can have as many as you want. But the reason it's priced so low is the accountability is on you to actually do the work and, and make your next call. Now, if you'd like more accountability, I have a higher end program where we will actually meet for a structured you know, once a week or three times a month commitment. And I will kick your butt if you don't show up or if you don't have your stuff done. But that costs more money. And so... Uh, yeah, it can be a great way to sort of feel really good 
about offering something where you know people aren't going to use it as much as, as they mm -hmm. think they are, like a gym membership. Yeah. Um, and But be transparent and authentic and say that's the reason the price is so low. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense too. And it, but, it, but, it, but also by having the homework, you give them – like, you know, I, I've been a member of gyms and, you know, the usual thing happened. And yeah. now I'm a personal trainer. My personal trainer gives me a set of exercises to do. And so I've done it so far every single day for I think two months I've been doing it. Because I have a set of things to do, not just like, oh, I should go to the gym and like do yep. something on something at the gym. I know what to do. And so I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that once you have the homework, you're like, all right, I've got a thing to do. So, okay, I need to move my business forward. What was that homework Rob gave me? Oh, the homework was write my mission statement. Okay, I'm going to write yeah. my mission statement because now I'm feeling stuck. The homework must get me unstuck. Let me do the homework and then call Rob for another piece of homework. Yeah, and, and I use that exact metaphor of the, the gym membership and the personal trainer. Uh, yeah, I use that on my webinar. So yeah, bravo, that's, that's exactly right. Um, the gym membership, the accountability is on you to work out and, uh, and you know, show up and work out. But a personal trainer is going to kick your butt. If you don't show up for a workout, you're going to hear from that person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great metaphor. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad we're, we're on because I haven't seen the webinar. So we're on the, we're yeah. on the same wavelength. Excellent. Yay. Um, so, and it's, uh, yeah, it's great to share this concept. So is this a concept that you, you teach coaches to build their own program with, or is this your, your Rob only program or? Yeah. So, um, well, once I got it working in my world, I thought, mm -hmm. oh, maybe it'll work for other coaches. So I, I just casually shared it with a few peers and they all got really good results. They basically copied my emails and sent them out to their list. And, uh, and, and they all did quite well with it also. And so it occurred to me that if, if it works for my peers, it, it'll work for coaches. So I, yeah, I put together a, a training and, uh, and recorded that training. And over time, it's evolved into a full-fledged uh, yeah, online course with lots mm -hmm. of bonuses. So yeah, so now I teach other coaches how to offer this laser coaching. And uh, yeah, and it's been really successful. And uh, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of coaches out in the space using the laser coaching model, and it makes me smile. Okay. Yeah, which is how I first heard your name is I was at an event um, last year, and the, and the person running the event said, we're going to do some some laser coaching sessions, um, which a lot of events would call hot seats, but they called it a laser coaching session, and, and your name was on it, and I'm like, oh. And so here we are a year later on a podcast, I'm like, I've heard of this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So you've, you've branded effectively, which is always – always a good thing absolutely uh michael i just um this may or may not be the right point in the conversation but i mentioned back when we were talking about jvs i mentioned we could go two directions and there was one other thing i wanted to share we could hop back there now or at least before we're finished talking yeah, no, let's hop back my... there now because okay great yeah. yeah i think this really might help people who want to do joint ventures and don't have much of a list and you know we talked about other ways for joint venture partners to say yes to us but a really cool strategy is to host a giveaway. Now you can do a summit also, but those are a lot of work. A giveaway is not much work at all. It's like three web pages and links. Yeah. Um, but if you host a giveaway, my strategy that I recommend is to reach out to 50 of your ideal JV partners and hopefully you know who they are if you try that, that computer profile trick or maybe you know who they are anyway, but reach out to about 50 of them with a goal of having 10 of them say yes. And the exact way to ask them is, would you be willing to contribute a gift to my giveaway 
and tell your audience about it. So don't say, would you be willing to promote my giveaway? Because that that's that, that causes them to back off a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's, if it's, hey, and then tell your, tell your audience about it. So um, if you can find 10 people who are willing to provide a gift for your giveaway and tell their audience about it, and you all have congruent audiences, that's so important. The theme needs to be congruent. The audience is congruent. But if you have 10 people and they all have, let's say, a list of 10,000 and they're sending that list to your front door to get these gifts in your giveaway, all the people who come in are going to get on your email list and then they can go choose from those 10 partners. You don't even have to have a gift to give away. You can just run the thing. You don't. So mm-hmm. some people think they have to have a gift. You can. But the point is, is that you'll build your list from all those people coming through the front door of your giveaway. After the giveaway, you can then reach out not to just those 10 partners, but to all 50 people saying, hey, now I have a list. Could we get on a call and see if there's some ways we can support each other? Mm. So that might be a good strategy for people that don't have much of a list, but would like to grow it quickly. Yep. And a giveaway fundamentally is is what? An opt-in page, a gift page, some swipe copy. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mentioned three web pages. You hit two of them, the opt-in page and the gift page, and then the it's over page or waiting list page. So so yeah, ba- basically it, there's the front door and then there's there there's the giveaway page and then the it's over. You could also have a thank you page in there if it's not live yet. But uh but yeah, so very simple and then it's it's a lot of emails, a lot of yeah. emails and and links. You ask the partner for a, a link to their free gift, which that builds their list. That's what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a description, maybe a picture. So it's really, you're spending most of your energy on one web page that lists those gifts. You got an opt-in page on the front, that's your front door. You've got a list of the gifts, that's the deliverable. And then some sort of page when the thing is over that people can see. That is really super simple. I Yeah. I, I have been thinking of giveaways as being a little more complicated. Would you still have affiliate links so you can track who who sent what? Yeah, I mean, you can make it more complex if mm-hmm. you wish. But you wouldn't but necessarily need un- to unless there's a strong reason to track and you want to have a contest or you want to say, Hey, did this partner mail for me or not? I mean, you can, when I've done giveaways, I do affiliate links cause I'm real comfortable with all that mm-hmm. stuff, but it's not necessary. Um, cause your, your end goal is to number one, build your list, but number two, more importantly, network with your ideal JV partners. Hmm. Okay. And so it's more about building the relationship than building the list. So it doesn't really matter if they send you 10 or a hundred or a thousand opt-ins. Yeah, it matters and, that Exactly. And a simple thing you could do is, is get on each of their lists before they start promoting, uh, you know, and, and just tell them you want to get the emails because some of them might wait 30 days before mailing people on their list. So you might get on their list the day before your giveaway and you don't get the email, but you're actually mm. on their list. So, yeah. So just let them know, hey, I'd love to see how you promote this thing. Um, so I'm getting on your list. Would you please make sure I'm included? Um, so that way you, you can tell that they're mailing. I love it. That's, that's a great great tip there um and and so stepping back to to more general networking um mm-hmm. for someone who's again maybe newer to networking or or maybe they've been around for a while and they did not I, I find a lot of people think they know what networking is and then you actually get into it and they describe their networking experience you're like that's that's not networking so for someone who's not effectively networking what is the your your best piece of advice for someone on how to build their network use their network be a great networker yeah, so um, I, yeah, I, I could take your question a couple of different ways, uh, but I mean, we can go all three ways, whatever you want. Yeah, okay, cool. So I, I I don't know if you're referring to the question you sent me ahead of time about what's your best networking tip. Is that kind of where we are in the we conversation? We can go that way. Yes. Okay. Okay. So my best networking tip when talking with JV partners 
and trying to get referrals to other JV partners. Mm. Like Michael, if you and I were JV partners and we were having a call and maybe we had a great call and toward the end of the call, I'm like, hey, Michael, you know, who, who else should I be talking with? I mean, you're great and you probably know people. I believe that's the wrong thing to ask. Mm. I think instead, if we've got enough rapport, I can say, hey, Michael, um, you know, maybe we can do a little bit of networking or, or referrals to each other for other partners. Um, who are your best partners? So when asking who should I be talking to, that's really tough for people to come up with a, a, a good answer. Mm. But when you say who are your best partners, they either know that off the top of their head or they can pull up a list. So when I'm having a, a really high rapport call with a JV partner, I'll say, hey, and maybe we should make some introductions to, uh, to other partners. Um, yeah, why don't you take a look at who your best partners are and I'll pull mine up and we'll just see if we already know everybody or if we can make some introductions. And and it's super easy to do. And by asking them who their best people are, it's kind of like uh, that earlier thing where you create your own computer profile and see who shows up in your email. You're asking them who actually gets you results. Oh, and so okay. that can be a great way to ask for referrals to other JV partners by asking who are your best partners. I love it. That's And, and the first step is ask in any way. I think yeah. it's the first piece of advice there, because I think a lot of people don't think to ask their successful partners who else they should talk to but then i love that concept of make it yeah and, and it goes back to what you're saying before make it easy make it irresistible because it's so easy like hey i know you've got a list why don't you look at your list i'll look at my list and let's um let's let's work let's uh compare and see what matches it makes it so easy and usually like we stop after like five names each uh but sometimes we keep going it's like well you know do you know this person this person this person um so uh but usually it's give and take right so like I try not to ask for 10 names and only give two. So I also, I don't want to be making too many introductions to my partners all the time. So yep. yeah, I try to keep it around five. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I definitely found that I, I used to, uh, I, I joke that I, I started networking out of a sense of imposter syndrome. So I had nothing to offer but introductions. So I made a lot of introductions and I'd make seven, eight, nine, ten 10 introductions and then discover that people couldn't handle 10 introductions. You send them mm, 10 intros, point. they respond to two of them, and then they're like, whoa, too much homework. Yeah, that's a real good point. Yeah. I, I had someone once send me 100. Jeez. Holy cow. And he has an assistant do it, and it was automated, and they set it up wrong, so they all came in at the exact same moment, 8 a.m. Oh, no. 100 wow. emails threaded together. So I wasn't even able to – like, Gmail couldn't open the email. It was such a long thread. I yeah. Half of them I never even engaged with because it was just, like, technically so much to deal with and to – to dig out there's a solution to that for next time it happens is uh you can go into the settings and turn off the the group conversation or whatever they call it and oh, then you'll yeah. see each one as a separate email just for the future that's true yeah that's an interesting concept but but yeah it was just so much but, yeah. but that's what i found is i'm spending all this time sending out all these individual emails you know 10 introductions and i realized oh i could probably send you three introductions you'd be just as grateful yeah but less overwhelmed Exactly. It's the 80-20 rule. It's who are your best partners. If you mm -hmm. send me those three, they're probably going to be 70 or 80% of the results anyway. Nice. Um, and you said you, you had some other, other networking tips beyond just the JV networking? Well, um, yeah. I don't remember what I was thinking when I implied that. But, uh, but I mean, uh, one really good tip when you're on a video call like we are right now, uh, I don't know if everyone's watching us on video, but we're on video right now recording this. And, um, and I found is like to maximize rapport, it can really help to, uh, to, uh, 
to make eye contact by looking into your web camera. I've mm. trained myself to do this. Most of this conversation, Michael, I've not been looking at you. I've been looking into my web camera. Yep. But when you glance at me, it sure looks like I'm looking right into your eyes. Yep. And so even though like as coaches, sometimes we really want to be present with the client and we want to look at them, but that actually breaks rapport when we're not looking into our web cameras. And so one, one thing that can really help rapport with clients and JV partners and other people is to sort of train ourselves to look them in the eye. Now, if you're using your phone, that might happen anyway, just because mm -hmm. the phones are so small. But at least for me, my webcam is on top of my monitor yep. and I've trained myself to, to do that. Also, nonverbal feedback. I try not to step on the words of other people on the calls. Like we've all had this where we, we're both talking over each other and one has to say, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> but by giving nonverbal feedback, like a couple of thumbs up or kind of a shaky hand, like maybe I agree, or if you have a question, maybe raising one finger, or if you slightly disagree, somewhat of a thumbs down. By giving nonverbal active feedback, people know you're listening to them, but they you, you're not trampling on their words. And maybe if you're raising that index finger, they know you want to say something, but they'll they'll stop when they're ready and then turn it over to you. So I found that to be really useful is uh, is building rapport that way. Once you have rapport, then you can find out what's most important to them. When I was on Christian Michelson's team, we uh, we kind of had a, a little schedule of what we, or an agenda of what we cover on each JV call. And one of the first things that he asked partners was, what are you working on right now? And if I could sell a million dollars of it, you know, what would that be? And so he got them thinking big, like, wow, this guy could sell a million dollars worth of stuff. I don't think we ever did, but this guy could sell a million dollars worth of stuff for me. Um, I'm going to tell him about what's most important to me. And then that sort of set the stage. So we knew what they wanted. And then eventually it came around to them saying, well, what's important to you? I and mean, what are you working on? And if it didn't, you can always say, oh, and may I tell you what I'm working on? But usually the partner will, will ask, how, how can I support you or what are you working on? Nice. Well, th those are some great tips. And this has all been great tips. So, so this has been a, this is definitely one of those those episodes where I'm going to go back and re-listen to the uh, the report. The funny thing about doing an interview is you hear all this great stuff, then you go back and listen to it, and you're like, I swear I didn't hear that the first time through because you're mm. thinking about you know what questions am I going to ask and all the interview stuff. So it's always yeah. good to listen back to my interviews. And um, yeah, for those of you out in, in in listener land who are like, I don't know if I should start a podcast. It's a great way to meet with fantastic people and learn from them. Um, and have it recorded because others are on a Zoom calling like, what did he say? What did he say? I've got a recording. So it's fantastic. Um, so thank you very much. And thank you for sharing all of this. This has been been many, many nuggets of gold, as they say. Um, so if people want to learn more about you or connect, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, thanks, Michael. Yeah. So uh, simply the website fastrevenuecoaching.com. That's the name of my program, but that'll take you to a free report and give you the option for the webinar. But fastrevenuecoaching.com is where you can learn more about that laser coaching model and how to make it work in your business. Great. Well, thank you so much. That's fastrevenuecoaching.com. And I'm looking at it right here on my other screen, um, breaking eye contact to look at it. But <laughs> that's, there's a report right there and, and all this stuff about the laser coaching model, which um, as I said, I've, I've heard about it so much. I heard about it before we met um, out there in the world. So, so you get to be one of, the, one of those famous coaches, Rob. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, like I, I tried being known for other things. It didn't really work, but this one stuck. So, uh, so yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Michael. It was great being here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. 
Please be sure to follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd love to hear your feedback. Email me at michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Learn more about me and what I'm up to at guywhoknowsaguy.com. Know someone who might find this interview interesting? Why not share it with them? And be sure to join me every Monday for the Monday update right here on the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast feed. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.